Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show. This is uh, half an hour of helping you get better at cricket or get better at cricket coaching. My name's David Hinchliffe. I look after things. And helping me to help you are two very fine cricket coaches. The first is the director of cricket at Millfield School. It's Mark Garraway. Hello, Garras. How's it going? Yeah, good. Watching the rain at the parks up against Oxford University. So we're off for the day. Uh, but we've had some good training uh, outside. A bit of running work from the lads. And then we're going to head off to a, the uh, dry of an indoor school in a bit and uh, have an hour or so in there before heading back. Fantastic, making the most of the time you've got. It's always good, isn't it? Yeah, we've had an umpire talk us through the laws of the game this morning as well, all the changes, which was really interesting. Had a PowerPoint presentation on that. So yeah. it's been it's been a reasonable day actually, and despite the fact that there are pools of water on the on, on what is a beautiful green ground. Yeah, yeah. We might have to talk about those laws at some time ourselves, but we'll we'll save that for another day. Secondly, it's the head of cricket performance at Portsmouth Grammar School. It's Sam Lavery. Hello, Lavers. How's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks. We haven't quite quite got as far uh, as Garras has, which is um, making the field. But we've got we've got another ten days, and then we'll be underway. So we're not we're not far behind. Uh, yeah, we, we're still a, a little way away. But uh, the seventh is our is our goal for the first game in Stirling, um, and there will definitely be definitely be snow on the hills there, whether we play or not. But but uh, it, it's always a very nice ground to get to and uh, and have a look at the monument and uh, get stuck into some cricket, hopefully. What else would you want? What else do you want, exactly? Well, we we also had a coaching conference uh, in last weekend. Uh, that was good fun. We had lots of um, presenters talk about lots of different things and one of the areas that got me thinking was power hitting because we were lucky enough to have Julian Wood come along and give us the gen on how to whack sixes and so or, or power hitting I suppose it's a bit more than just whacking sixes but you know what I mean there was some great uh, drills in there some great things to think about but the big thing for me was when do you introduce that idea to younger cricketers if you've got you know if you've got a, someone you know a 10 year old turning up and it's all about you know batting you know mastering the basics and watching the ball and you know, leading with the head and playing with a straight bat and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of power hitting sort of goes against those ideas. And so you've got two sort of conflicting ideas, which both have useful applications. Uh, but that leads to a problem for the coaches. When do you introduce a player to, uh, you know, what we might call the traditional basics of batting? And when do you introduce a player to trying to smash it out of the park and you doing good techniques with that as well? That's a really interesting question, mate. Uh, my view, I suppose, now, and probably is going to develop, develop. but my view would be uh, that um, it's actually a technique, isn't it? It's part of technique now, uh, rather than it being something that sits on the outside of technique. Power hitting, for me, is is one of the things that we do. It's a bit, It's like a cut shot, it's like a pull shot, it's like a... It's like a straight drive. Um, so to me, it's definitely a, a part of technique rather than being something that uh, is against technique. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my particular view on it. And I guess there's nothing wrong if you are that you know if you do want to, and most people do, you know, if you do want to whack the ball, there's nothing wrong with experimenting around it and seeing what comes up when you do try and whack the ball you know you might find you're not very good at it and you need to do more work or you might find you know naturally you've 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 found a way to hit the ball in certain areas well but not so well in other 
areas and you know that gives you something perhaps to enhance and work on and develop so i think um there is no sort of limit on on where you can introduce that kind of thing to a play you can introduce it to him anytime you know just by saying to a kid you know even if you're working with a with a five-year-old if you you know give them a bat and and um tell them to whack the ball then they're going to try and whack the ball and um you know they'll you there'll be varying levels of success depending on uh, on the person who's trying to do it but um you'll still get the idea of yeah you know in cricket it's not all about just doing everything technically in a certain way you've got to put your foot here and your head there and your hands there you you've just just try and whack it and see what happens and then maybe we can work with uh what turns out to be your strengths and maybe um we can try and hide a little bit what turns out to be your weaknesses so um to me it's it's uh there is a conflict there at the heart of it, which is, you know, there are two different ways of looking at things, but nevertheless, you can still manage to do everything. And, and if you're, if you're coaching people who want to whack it, then let them whack it. And if you're coaching people who want to get a bit more, uh, into the, the, the way of batting, which is building in innings and, and playing in a more traditional way, then, then go down that route with them and then maybe experiment around the other sides. But, you know, go go along the route that works best for the players that you're working with. I think that's the key to it all, isn't it? Well, it is, but I, I'm not sure that there should be a conflict. I, I genuinely think this is a, a a technical shot. It's not a it's not slogging. It's not whacking. It's not it's a technical shot because we're seeing it played in all sorts of different scenarios now. Not just in 2020 cricket at the back end of an innings, but you're seeing it in Test matches. You know, watching A.B. De Villiers play and get that hundred the other day um, uh, at Port Elizabeth. He in a Test match he played a lot of the principles that Julian Wood would have talked about the other day uh, when you were when you were in that presentation so he just looked at the situation and realized that he could line up Stark with all the fielders standing behind him he could line up Stark and whack him through through mid wicket on a regular basis in a relatively um, risk free way because there's no fielders over there the wicket was the wicket was good he felt in good fettle and, and he applied that skill of his into that situation which is going back to you know what Sam was saying earlier you, you, you use this technique as one of your options in those situations um, irrespective of the format the length of the game or, or whatever you know, it, it's like a cut shot if you can't play the cut shot you don't play it if you can't play the power hit you don't play it um, it's just a shot option now as opposed to it being in my view in conflict with the way that we play the game yeah, and I suppose it's this the way that I was suggesting it there is because one of the big things that Julian was was pointing out during the session is that you know a lot of traditional people will say, oh no, you shouldn't do it like that, and of course that is you know that's something which is going away. But I think it sounds like to me that's something that he's experienced a lot throughout his career as as both a player and a coach is people saying you can't do it that way that's not the cricket way of doing things and in fact you know you can still you can still do things in the cricket way of doing things if they work for you but you can also do things in the power hitting way of doing things as well and they might be different techniques and they might require different things you know you're not necessarily going to do a power hitting with a straight back for example whereas you know if you if you go back a few years you've got to play with a straight back everyone says you've got to play with a straight back so it's um it's more that that 
word conflict, I suppose, is more of a more of a conceptual thing, really. And and if anyone is considering when they should bring that idea of power hitting into players, I guess that was the core of my question. It's um, that that's really what you want. Like when when do you do it, and will it affect any other way of playing? And it sounds like what you're saying there, Gareth, is it won't really affect any other way of playing. It's just it's just another option for people to to try and see what they can do with it. So what ages are you doing um, power hitting kind of stuff with both of you? Lavers, what, what, what age do you kind of start that, that sort of thing? We've got, I guess it's a, a case of how much time do you want to attribute to each person and what are their needs. So we will have some people as, 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 uh, as young as year seven in the junior school, in the senior school, sorry, which is the youngest year that I generally work with. And they'll be doing power hitting on a weekly basis. Um, it won't be a prolonged session. It will be a case of um, they're doing um, hitting some balls hard down the ground, some weighted balls hard down the ground, and also hitting some weighted balls through a pull shot or through another shot of their choice um, just to get the idea of committing to hitting the ball hard. Um, and it might be that we only do, well, usually we do a block of about um, 16 or 24 balls hit down the ground and then another hit square of the wicket and that's part of their little warm-up drill before they go into their session um, and that that's probably the limit we'll do with that age um, there will be the odd, the odd boy in there in year seven and eight who's a little bit more advanced and is um, a little bit more open to not open to new ideas but a little bit more capable at managing his body and dealing with um, technical um, additions in, in kind of the way he's going to bat, so by adapting um, angles of feet and getting some pre-turning with a back foot as he's striding and trying to open up that front foot, um, those kind of things to get those hips working really well and, and powerfully through the shot. There are a couple of guys in that younger age group who can do that. Um, obviously, for some people, that would be way beyond their realms of capability, but again, there's still the idea of hitting a heavy, heavier ball and letting their body find a way is still an option they can do and, and they do do. I know the big thing for me with the younger ones is that they, the decision making is is the important part of it because you know you can get them hitting the ball in a certain way, but then you know they go they go into even into a net situation and when they get different types of feed they, you know they think oh well it's slogging time now so I'm just I'm going to try and whack everything and you've still like any shot you've got to you know you've got to make the right decision about that shot is it the right time is it the right kind of bowler. Um, possibly a bit more premeditation than you would get in other shots, but you know, is it the right kind of ball as well? So, you know, there is that other aspect as well in there, isn't it? That that the decision making element is an important part of it, and that that depends a lot on the maturity of the player as well. I think that decision making part of it is 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 kind of batting in a hole, isn't it? And and that that's something that is the possibly the 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 hardest thing to learn or the hardest thing to become. Automatic. I think lots of players are very capable of looking at a, a video and in hindsight saying that was a good decision and that is a bad decision, but how many of them can make that instinctive decision at the time and how often can we create an environment where they're forced into making quality decisions and then we're reviewing them and put, maybe even putting some consequences on them. So there's a meaning there. And, and that part of can people play the right shot at the right time for that match situation, given that every match situation is slightly different, every pitch, every ball, every bowler, every run chase, whatever it would be, that's the, that's the key thing. And that's 
where I think in a lot of cricket up to now, power hasn't always been a requirement and probably still isn't an enormous requirement for some players if their decision-making is really, really strong. Um, but in international and first-class cricket, specifically at the, the shorter format game, even if your decision-making is great, you need to have an, an element of power to go with it. Okay, let's move on to a listener's question. Uh, this week, we've had a video sent in by a listener, James, who is a leg spinner. And this is what uh, James has to say about the problems that he's having at the moment. I'm trying to learn the art of leg spin and struggling. I can normally bowl three good overs, but then I pull one left once and it all goes to pot and the captain has to take me off. Perhaps you could take a look at my action and let me know what might be causing this to happen. At a guess, I think I'm not keeping straight for long enough. My left shoulder is not high for as long as possible before releasing the ball. Thank you for any advice you can offer at the moment. I'm close to giving up. So let's unpick that one. What do we think? We've seen, Hopefully we've all seen the video. Let's unpick what we think. Um, don't give up, first thing. Um, you know, it's an incredibly tough art, isn't it, leg spin bowling? So you're going to have days, you're going to have weeks, you're probably going to have months where it's not going to work perfectly well for you and you've just got to have the perseverance and the resilience just to keep going. You know, you've got some good things in your action already. You're definitely giving it uh, a good tweak. And the other great thing is that you've identified probably the biggest uh, thing that's going to help your um, your bowling going forward, which is how you use your your front arm your front side so at the moment your your rotations of your hips and shoulders are very horizontal um, rather than having a combination of, of obviously uh, rotating round and being square on at release uh, but also having the ability to come up and over and something that um, Terry Jenner who was Shane Warne's coach taught, taught me many moons ago was if you use your front side then it drives your shoulder up and over and at the moment you're not using your front side at all when you bowl and as a result you're bowling purely around a pivot of your front foot with your right right hand side of your body and whilst that's generating a lot of side spin probably uh, what it's also doing is, is it's, it's making that drag that you talk about going to the left probably uh, happen too many times and you've got to get everything absolutely spot on to get the ball in the right direction so he used to talk about putting his hand uh, in, the, in the face of the batter, so his front arm um, going towards the batter, getting a nice sideways on position um, and trying to rip that grill off of the batter at the other end. And what that does is it drives uh, your hip and your, and your right shoulder um, over and through. Uh, and the other thing he talked about is having shape on your shoulders. So shape for him would be that you'd have a bit more of a vertical shoulder rotation rather than a, a horizontal one. And if you use that front side, uh, as you've correctly identified that bit more, then you're going to have that happen. I'm quite interested in um, some of the side things that he mentioned there about, like you said, Gareth's giving up or um, you know bowling three good overs and then it all uh, going to pot and... Um, uh, sort of uh, more on the psychological side of it, I suppose. But uh, Lavers, La- where, where do you want to take this? Do you want to take this on the, on the technical route, or do you want to go down that that psychological route? Yeah. I don't. Know. I think Gareth's answer really answered really well from the technical point of view. There's um, a lack of activity from the kind of the front arm, left side, etc., and also a lack of um, sort of uh, preciseness in in the angles that you're working through with that that front arm. So that bit's kind of 
been mentioned there and also you're a little bit closed off with your feet and that could help you with the rotation as well a little bit so a little bit to work on there but I think you're right there's when someone says something along the lines of I'm about to give up I think um, whether or not he means it I, I would say definitely don't give up at the point that you're starting to learn and you've just shown this mass, taken this massive step of right. I want to learn how I'm going to improve here. And maybe you have been asking other people on the way, and you've been trying to get a bit of information, or maybe you've been training your own. But at that moment where you're trying to learn and you're going to get some information, that's the time that you really got to commit to. Right, I'm going to give this a go for a period of time because I'm in the, I'm I'm right in the midst of learning here. And at this stage, this is where changes are going to happen. I'm going to make new information. I'm going to apply it to our bowl. It might get better, it might get worse, but it's going to change, it's going to get better. So at this stage is the time where you're going to go, right, I need to decide how much time I want to commit to this and how long I'm going to give myself. And I'd definitely be thinking um, that you should be giving yourself a good um, a good year or two, really, because if, if, if you were struggling with, really, really struggling with getting a ball straight, bowling, steady, slow, medium pace... Um, and your coordination was getting really difficult, then that could be very frustrating. The leg spin is going to be so much more frustrating, but the reward at the end of it is going to be incredible if you can get it right. So if you look at international cricket, first-class cricket, and you count up the number of successful leg spinners, there aren't many of them because people give up. Now, that means you can follow the crowd and go and give up, or you can think that's an opportunity. If other people are going to give up, I'm not the one that's going to give up, and I'm going to be the one that keeps practicing because there's a space there for a decent leg spinner, whether it is in your club third team, your club first team, a minor county side, etc., 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 depending on what level you're pitching yourself at. So you're at a crossroads here, but at this crossroads you're learning, and it makes common sense for me to think, right, at this point, this is where I really capitalise, this is where I really push a little bit further rather than walking away from it and thinking I tried but I didn't make it because if you walk away now you've probably walked away at the wrong time I was uh, I had another uh, relevant um, uh, discussion about this at the coaching conference uh, at the weekend so it fits in nicely it was um, it was a presentation by uh, Dr Mustafa Saka who um, sort of deals with resilience in in um, across all lots of different sports and what he says is uh, one of the big thing that keeps people going is that they have both a high challenge uh, you know what they're trying to achieve is is a is a is a high level of challenge but also they have a high level of support to meet that challenge and if you have a low level of support which it sounds like is the case here then it's very difficult you start to um, you start to think those things about yourself you know you start to avoid training or you start to feel isolated or you start to blame other reasons for doing it but actually what it is is you, you just haven't got the, the right level of support yet within your environment so hopefully we can provide a little bit of support and say you know if you keep going it will get better um, you just need to ask yourself some important questions like you know have have you got all the information or is there another way to look at this like you've said Lavers, is there another way to look at this situation and say to myself well okay you know I actually there is a there is a goal here I can drive towards and it's not all I'm not on my own here at all so that was I thought that was very interesting and relevant that you you know if you if you want to if you are feeling in that situation then often if you look at 
the support that you're getting and, and support can come in many, many different ways. You know, it, it's, it's not just about coaching support, but if the support you're getting isn't there, isn't high enough, then getting a higher level of support will lead you to feel more um, responsible and accountable and ready to face that challenge rather than just seeing it as this thing, which is, which is horrendous and you're never, you're never going to get past it and you might as well just give up. So interesting, interesting uh, perspective. And, and one I think is quite relevant here. I've got, uh, I've got an idea on that, but um, why doesn't, why don't we encourage James to ping you uh, via email, um, uh, his email address? And I'll uh, I'll send him some drills that he can be working with independently because it sounds as if he hasn't really got a coach to work alongside. So I can send him some of the drills that we've worked with similar similar cases on um, for him to, to to work with independently. How about that for support? How about that? Can't get a lot better than that without actually being there, can you, Gareth? Well, I don't know about that, but I'm certainly ha- happy to send those to James if, he, if he's interested. So, That's pretty yeah, good. James, James drop, uh, drop David the line and we'll get that sorted for you, mate. So he's obviously said, look, he knows the pattern, he knows how it works. It's, he bowls two, three, four overs, he suggested three there, and then he drags one, he drags one down um, outside of stump and, and it all goes to putt after that. Well, often... It kind of people lose focus and that and, and and maybe uh, lack a bit of control or a bit of I guess it is focus when something's gone wrong and they've and they've gone for runs so you get hit for four but sometimes when you if you bowl a bad ball and it goes for one then the focus is often then lost by the batter not by the bowler so if you've got this information already that you are going to drag one down and you are going to get cut away for four at some stage through the offside then. You've seen Shane Warne do it on, on TV. You've seen, seen lots of people do it. Start with the guy out. Let the guy sit out there and patrol the boundary. So make sure that when that drag down outside of stump comes that you know is coming, it goes for one. And when it goes for one, you can, you can have a little chuckle to yourself. That's my bad one out of the way. That should have been whacked for four, but I'm smart enough to know where my weaknesses are. I've got someone posted out there. They've got the one. I've had to have a go at the other guy now. And let's see what he can do. Rather than keeping everyone in on the one leg spinners are notoriously difficult to ma- manipulate but they're the bad balls come along which is why they get put away so if you can just cover those areas a little bit better that you know you're going to be exposed to um whether you're dragged it down outside off stump or you're bowling a full full toss on someone's hip or whatever it would be then if you know that then you can just cover that a little bit and people say you should never just set a, set a feel for a bad ball but you should never say never for me um, if you know you're going to bowl one, then you would be stupid not to put someone there. Um, it's just common sense, isn't it? So you know yourself. You're starting to get to know yourself more and more as a bowler, and you will evolve more with the ideas that Gareth has already suggested as you develop with the drills that Gareth is going is to give you. You will learn more and more about yourself in what goes right and what goes wrong. But use that information. Don't just be aware of it and not apply it to the way you're going to play a game. Apply it to how you set your fields. Apply it to everything you do so that you're giving yourself the best chance rather than just th- focusing on the delivery. There's a lot more going on in a game than how you deliver a ball. So just be aware of those things. Okay, that's all we've got time for on the show this week. We are going to wrap it up. Um, just before we go, though, Garris, we are... Uh, 
asking for listeners to send in their questions for future shows so we can answer them and hopefully give some support like we have in this show. And so if somebody wanted to get in touch with us, how could they uh, reach the show? They could give us a call on 0203-239-7543 or drop us an email on coach at pitchvision.com. That's correct. You can also find us in other ways. You can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pitchvisionacademy and Twitter at pitchvisionacad. You can subscribe to the show, of course, do a search for Pitch Vision Academy and you'll find us in your favourite podcast app. Tap on subscribe and you get that there or you can go over to pitchvision.com slash academy and click on the podcast link and you get all the old shows going right back to show one all the old show notes you can stream it you can download it you can do all you like with those files that's all for this week we hope you listen next week but until then have a good week cheers garris cheers davis cheers fellas cheers guys